Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1063. Nobody has all the answers. That's why we have each other. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Carl Noakes. Hey, Carl, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely buckled up, just like Lewis Hamilton. There you go. I love it. Carl Noakes is a photographer who loves the Pacific Northwest car scene. In his photography, he strives to build a visual connection between people and their passion for automobiles. Carl spent some time as a co-driver in the Group B World Rally Cars in the United Kingdom Championships when he lived across the pond. He settled here in the Seattle, Washington area in 2008 after moving here from the UK. His work was recently published in several magazines and books, including Porsche Club of America, Ferrari Club Northwest, MG Sports Cars, and the Porsche 912 Registry. Carl's owned a lot of fast forwards, some hot hatches, BMWs, and he currently is on his third Porsche, a 2010 C4S, which I was fortunate enough to see when I met Carl at our local Exotics at Redmond Town Center car show a couple weeks ago when they had German Car Day. Of course, my listeners know I'm a little passionate about Porsche cars. So Carl, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your passion for shooting, photography, and beautiful cars and people? Yes, thanks, Mark, and uh, thank you for that fine introduction. Yeah, as you said, I uh, I grew up in the UK. My passion really started in the early days of when the Group B rally cars used to visit the UK for the uh, the national the, well, the round of the World Rally Championship, which was the, called the Lombard RAC Rally. And just watching those Group B rally cars really got me into the automotive uh, the passion, and it stuck with me ever since. Yeah, I think so. It's very obvious to me. As I said, I got to meet Carl for the first time. I was up at our local exotics at Redmond Town Center, and uh, we were talking about cameras and cars, and he shared his car with me. And it was fun to watch uh, Carl and then go back and find his website and see all the wonderful pictures. And you shoot not only cars, but you like to shoot nature, outdoors, people. You do a lot of different photography, right? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have two black Labradors, Paddy and Finn, and I go hiking. You know, Pacific Northwest offers a lot of beautiful mountains and trails take them out most weekends and it's just a great opportunity to get lost in the wilderness get the camera out and push some boundaries there also into uh, my street photography particularly like places like new york and places like that where business takes me and connecting it you know as you said with the automotive world but my real passion is trying to get build that connection between the pride and passion of car ownership not just the you know the car itself right exactly well that's what i love about your photography well, Carl, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah? So, Carl, take the wheel. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, I mean, um, mine are not the uh, what I call the cliché, you know, from, from literary giants of the world. But just a couple of people I've actually personally met and come across in my travels. There's a, there's a cartoonist um, called Hugh McLeod who has a company called GapeInvide.com. And he communicates about culture and uh, and leadership through his cartoons. And um, he has a great quote, which is, nobody has all the answers. That's why we have each other. And I think that's such a great quote. 
And then, you know, there's a similar quote from a sports psychologist that I know, Dr. Mike Gervais. And Dr. Mike has worked closely with the Seahawks and he has a a company with uh, Coach Pete Carroll and he's coached the Olympic uh, volleyball team. He talks about, you know, be the best that you can be to help others be the best uh, that they can be as well. So I thought those were two... Those are two inspirational quotes, and they're from people that I've met personally and have used in my professional life. Oh, those are wonderful. And I see now your passion for combining people and their passion for things and how these quotes all work together. And it really is about the world is a pretty boring place if we're the only ones and our ideas were the only ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's meeting other people. And I, that's what I love about the car culture. When you go to car shows, it crosses really all different kind of socioeconomic boundaries. Everybody has something in common with the cars, but they can share something and teach you something about who they are. That's what I like about you, Carl. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Yeah, I mean, you probably get, yeah, there's, there's probably many. There's, it, a lot of it goes back to the rally days that we mentioned earlier, and I was just trying to re-educate myself and you know if you look back in the late 70s the uh in the sort of the world rally championship it was the ford escort rs 1800 you know the perennial mark ii escort and just seeing the you know like hanu mickler just hurtling through the welsh forests at insane speeds and you know that sort of how does he do that and that era then moved on into the early 80s when sort of the audi quattro with stig blomquist and uh you know, we saw all those Group B cars, the Peugeot 205 T16, you know, the, the Delta Integrale, the likes of Harry Vatten, and just the personalities of the drivers. You know, they, the drivers and the cars sort of came together and created this sort of persona and personality around sport. You know, and that, that continued when the sort of the Japanese cars started to enter the rallying scene, with like, especially with the Impreza, and then obviously two legendary British drivers in Colin McRae and Richard Burns. And so that whole journey from the very late 70s through the 80s into the early 90s was really where my inspiration came from. And that ultimately led me to sort of take up the sport competitive myself in the, as a co-driver. And I used to, uh, you know, a friend of mine, Chris Roberts, was, was the driver. And we used to compete in the British National Rally Championship in a, in a Ford wow. Escort Mark II. You know, we used to compete and, um, you know, we had some good success, regular top three finishes, a few trophies in the cabinet. The thing that always stood out for us, Mark, was we would be reasonably competitive in the National Rally Championship. But the weeks leading up to when the the World Rally Championship used to come to the UK, there were a few drivers that needed to complete a few of the national rounds to get, I think it's their super license or something, Mm -hmm. they needed to complete. So you'd see some of these Group B cars just coming onto the national scene just so they could sort of get some mileage and some completions. You know, and being like on those Welsh forests or, you know, some of those sort of tight circuits and just seeing this actual Group B cars up close, you know, to the point they were actually sort of competing with them on the same circuit. You know, they were just insane cars and how how are the drivers and those those personalities, you know. And uh, I don't think the sport's ever been the same since, really. Do you remember like the, the Rally of the Thousand Lakes in Finland when you used to see Colin McRae and Richard Burns and some of the Flying Finns? The cars were never on the ground, were they? They were like bouncing down the lanes. I know how they do it. I, it just, it blows me away. I, I, I watch those videos and especially the old ones in the days you're talking about. And I just sit there in awe. It's like watching these guys race in the Isle of Man, the TT on bikes. And you just go, how 
do they do that? I mean, you see a car come over a berm in the air. It's almost like it rotates and pivots in the air, comes down. I mean, you've been in some of these cars driving. Can you give us a little tip or hint? What is it like inside that car? It must be, I can't even imagine it. Incredible. Yeah, as, as a co-driver and not quite in the Group B cars, you know, I was never at that level, but we had some pretty fast forwards, you know, sort of forwards with Cosworth engines in that, uh, you know, used to be able to motor along those lanes. I mean, as a co-driver in those days, this is the level of technology and the dashboard wasn't what it is today. You know, often we had an LED trip meter on the dashboard that was just giving us the mileage from the start line. And then we're reading that, translating that mileage to what was either on a map in front of you that you were heads down reading the map with like a slide rule or you were reading off pace notes you're hurtling down these tracks and you're coming up to like you say a brow of a hill you're pulling 100 miles an hour if not more on these gravel roads and the driver's saying you know, you're going like 30 degrees right and the tree line looks like the road is going 30 degrees left and the driver's like having total trust in how you're calling the road the telegraph poles, you know, the telegraphs, the, the lines, the power lines, they sometimes deceive and they like pull you along the road and that the road doesn't always follow those. And so the total bond between the driver and the uh, the co-driver and early morning rallies in the, in the Welsh forest in the thick fog, you know, when you're pulling 100, 120 miles an hour in 30 yards visibility on a road you've not driven before or you've driven it right in your pace notes. It's exhilarating, to say the least. I can't even imagine. You transcribe that to how fast the Group B cars, they were just on another level. I mean, right. you know, exactly. you, you miss a beat at the speeds they were doing. I don't know how you would re reorientate yourself to where you were. No, you cover half a football field before the guy figures out, wait, <laughs> yeah, where yeah, are we yeah. on the track? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. I was listening to one once, and I actually thought I heard the co-drivers say, you know, 30-degree left, straight, partial right, maybe straight around the curb, maybe. And I'm going, is he saying maybe? <laughs> maybe? <laughs> I mean, you imagine the driver yeah. going, maybe what? <laughs> it's, just telling, it's just telling the driver, maybe you want to just hover your foot on the brake just a little. Just in yeah, case. yeah, just a little. Kind of, kind of keep yeah. an eye on that brake pedal. Wow. Yeah. Well, I yeah. can't imagine, but thanks for taking us on a little ride there. Oh my gosh, a little hair rising, hair raising here, yeah, rising I think, ride. I can't even say it straight. I'm so flustered right now just thinking well, about it. Well, hopefully we'll all go out and dig out those Richard Burns and Colin McRae videos and relive those yes. moments, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down because you've been down many great roads and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. And of course, the importance of this question has to do with the lessons learned. So walk us through one of your situations, would you? Yeah. One of my situations, you know, is, and I thought, long and hard about this it was pretty it's pretty personal which is uh several years ago i was i was diagnosed with a pretty serious illness um fortunately oh I'm through the other side now and uh and recovered but there was a time you know i was facing my you know facing mortality and you know it really makes you focus on what's important in life and yes. you know going back to dr mike gervais and he talks about having a philosophy in life you know rather than be inspired by someone else's quote Develop your own philosophy that defines who you want to be and what you want to be. And mine's always grounded in those principles of, you know, be the best you can be to help others mm -hmm. be the best they can be. But really make sure every, you maximize every moment. You know, that's a little bit goes to the hiking and et cetera. You know, time's short. And I said the yes. biggest my 
my biggest moment in life, you know, is that, you know, that time is short and just don't waste any moment that you have, you know, have you don't necessarily have to plan every moment, but, you know, don't waste your time you have. Right. It is cliche, but it is so true. And when people go through what you've been through, and I've had lots of them on this show that have faced mortality, they face serious illness, they've been in accidents that were defining moments that could have killed them. I had Tommy Kendall on the show that was in a very serious accident where he was injured. Chad McQueen, who just about broke everything in his body and thought he was going to die. And I mean, just it does change your perspective. And I think people like you can share some of that insight with people that don't quite get it because they never had to face that on the importance of every day. I have a great friend who is a neurosurgeon here in the Pacific Northwest. He's a fellow car buddy. His name's Bill. Shout out to Bill. And he operates on people every day that woke up that morning and had no idea what they were going to face that day. Maybe they were in a car accident, fell off a curb, or they found out they had a tumor growing in their body or their brain and it might kill them. And he said, that's that's the thing he's learned after all these years in the surgical procedure uh, or in the surgical forum of just saying, um, wow, you just don't know. So cherish, cherish what you're doing. And I think you're right, Carl. And I'm so happy you shared that. Make every moment count because you may not have as many moments as you think. And that's just the plain old truth of it. Yeah, you know, and, and it links into the photography in a way because you see, when you're looking through the lens, you do see different perspectives and you're looking for the details and you mm-hmm. do see life in a different way. You know, when you go to these car events or whatever, you start to appreciate the details a lot more and, and you know, you're looking for the detail. And often, like, when I go, you know, you'll be familiar with Pacific Raceways up here. Up here. I like to go to some of their historic events that they do. I think we have one coming up in a few weeks. I love to spend time in the paddock, you know, getting a picture of the mechanic on the floor under the car, you know, and the, the just the sort of the vibrance of all the people and what it takes to make a race car successful rather than just the car on the track. You know, to me, that's a little bit boring, though, yes. you know, I'm still trying to master the art of, the, of panning on the track. Yeah. But, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting that really perfect shot. And But to me, the, some of the, the best shots come from what's in the paddock and just the, you know, the vibe of the crew around the car. I agree. It's a wonderful time, especially early in the morning before the cars had fired up and oh, there's yeah. a little haze. Like you're at Laguna Seca and there's a little fog over the hill and people are just waking up and uncovering cars. You can capture some really wonderful essence of people and their relationship with what they're going to do in the day, mechanics, drivers, whoever it might be. So very nice. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career or life-defining aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights kind of illuminates a new path for you. Would you walk us through one of those for you? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, illuminated. I mean, to me, it was really work-related. It, it was when I had the opportunity to move from the UK to here to Seattle, you know, with work. And I've been at Microsoft here, who's brought a lot of people over. And really, it was just that moment of when the company says, would you like to move halfway across the world and bring your family who'd never really been to the United States at the time? And my son was sort of, I think he was 12 at the time, which was a big moment in his life. Yeah. And just a big ha-ha was just like, there's another world out there to go and experience, you know. That was a big moment in my life. You know, we've oh, been yeah. here 10, year, 10 years now, fortunate enough just to get citizenship, so no kicking me out. That was one of the big moments in my life, just making that decision to say, yeah, let's go and this thing to try and somewhere else in the world. You gave your, your family a wonderful, especially your son in the case here, a wonderful opportunity to experience something different. I tell people, if you've never traveled abroad, no matter where you're from, you have to do it. And for a young person, I sent both my kids overseas when they were in 
high school to spend some time in different countries. One was in Africa, one was in Poland, one was in Austria, and they came back different people in a very positive way. Uh, yeah. Much more understanding of cultures, but and congratulations on your citizenship. Welcome to the oh, United States. Fantastic. I love it. Wonderful opportunities. Take advantage of those when they come along. You can always go back if you don't like it. So. Yeah, you can always, yeah, we, yeah, we can always go back. Fortunately, it's dual citizenship, so I'll get to keep my, my British passport as well. Ah, perfect. Yeah, best of all worlds. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about a really special car for you. Maybe that first really special car for you and what it meant. Yeah, well, mine goes back. Mine was the RS2000. Do you remember the double headlight? Oh, yeah. The Mar- yeah. Yeah. I had one of those when I was like 19, 20, and it was like, that was my dream car. That was the road-going version of these escorts that you were seeing hurtling around the forest tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it had you know, a two-liter Pinto engine in with a, with a huge 108 brake horsepower, if I recall. But at the time, it was like one of the fastest things you could get. And I had a white 1978 model. And I think I probably was about four years old, so sort of early 80s. Maybe a bit mm-hmm. late. Yeah, but early 80s when I had that car. It was either a misspent youth or a well-spent youth, but I, I spent a lot of time in that car, you know, when, when you're sort of leaving college and your car is your main thing in your life, right? It's the thing that gets you from A to B and uh, with right. your friends. You almost live in your car. So so the RS2000 still lives with me today. Actually, funny story, I was at the exotic show that you mentioned like, last year. They had a thing, a British car theme day. I think it was a British car theme day. And there was an orange RS2000 there, and it was the first one I'd seen in the U.S. in 10 years. Oh, wow. uh, I, think they were, I think they were bought, built in Dagenham in the U.K., so British car. A guy mm-hmm. called Glenn Wallace and sort of owns the car, and he and I have remained friends. But, yeah, I think he was, like he said, he was like one of four or five or something in the U.S. Yeah, you don't see those around. Yeah, the Ford Escort, no. I mean, you, you just don't see them. No, and they go for crazy money now. If you look at some of them on eBay... You know, maybe I should have kept it as an investment, you know. But, um, <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I think I saw one on Bring a Trailer not too terribly long ago. It was, I think it was red, if I remember right. But uh, no, cool cars. Yeah, very cool cars. Yeah. How about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you wish you had back? Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is an interesting one. It's a, it's a pretty simple car. I, um, as I moved on from the fast forwards and I had some hot hatchbacks, I had a Golf GTI and it was the Edition 30. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was the one that was that paid homage back to the original Mark I Golf GTI with the golf ball gear knob. Oh, yeah. Seats. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, I think it was a Mark IV. It might have been a Mark V. Memory, I, I've pretty much had every Golf through GTI except a Mark I through the ranges. But nice. this was an Edition 30. It was like replica to the, the older one. It was a special edition, slipped in limited numbers, had some engine tweaks done on that and that was just a fantastic car to me it did everything a car should do you know it handled well it was fast it was comfortable and it was just superb value for money i ultimately you know sold that and i when i was in the uk and i moved on and i always hark back and every time i see one i thought that maybe was a car i should have kept the car that i that i would have loved to have kept is i had a mark ii escort mexico that was a pretty special car i think i had that after my RS2000, I, I moved when I was successful in business and I had started to get company cars. I actually bought a Mexico Mark II just as a fun <laughs> it was a car. a company car, really? 
<laughs> no, cool. no, no. I had a company car, oh. so I went. I oh, okay. I thought car. I thought maybe that no, was no. your. I said that's a cool company car. No, I moved to BMWs. <laughs> then when the company was paying for the cars, I started getting three series. You know, live up to yes. that. You know, but yeah, I bought a Mark II Mexico, and I never really needed to sell that car. Didn't really need the money at the time, but I did, and I just wish I'd have kept that. That that, yeah. well. that was just such a classic, iconic car. We all have those stories. Uh, I've listened to 1,062 of them so far, so <laughs> don't feel bad. You're not alone, Carl. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow, because I kind of look at you as a bit of a sidepreneur. You're successful in Microsoft and your, your main business of what you do in life, but you found a way to wrap a lot of your life into your passion for photography, cars, to combine those. You've got a beautiful website with your imagery and all the things you do, what are you working on right now as that relates to your life that has you really excited and fired up? Well, I'm actually inspired to actually do my own book at the moment. I, and it's a long way from seeing the light of day. There's a couple of books that you may be familiar with, and they sort of inspired me. And I'm trying to figure out my own style and creativity without mm-hmm. copying and plagiarizing. But there's a guy that goes around the Formula One circuits with that like old 105-year-old Grayflex SLR camera. Have you come across this guy, Joshua Paul? He does a no. magazine called Lollipop. No. And I the, need, um, to, call, I need yeah. to reach him. Yeah, you should look at Joshua Paul and Lollipop. So he's the only accredited Formula One photographer, in the American accredited Formula One photographer, so he gets behind the scenes. But he's using basically this very old film camera that is pretty big. You know, it's, you know, you need two arms to lift it. And he does these sort of amazing black and white blurry images of of formula one and he's got videos up on the web where he's actually interviewed and taken photographs of some of the latest current formula one stars and um yeah i mean to see him in the crowd with this sort of 105 year old camera you know he's huge to see then all the guys with all these modern you know two foot long white lenses but yeah check (laughs) him out um i will you know lollipop is his brand but uh joshua paul and then there's cool. another guy I actually came across recently and that started to inspire me about how I might think about my own sort of book and develop my own style was a guy, Bart, in Bart Kokens, a Belgium guy, I think. And he does a book called The Flat Six Love Affair. I don't know if you've come across So he's doing volumes of books. I think he's on volume four at the moment. And he shoots with a Leica, Leica film camera. And he pretty much has got, you know, he goes around and he meets all of the sort of the key people and he... And he takes amazing photographs of them connected with their car. He's got images of like water roll and various other luminaries in the Porsche world. And uh, yes. he's producing these high quality books. And I recently purchased one of those and you know, that's great inspiration. So I'm really trying to look at, you know, shape that up and tapping into the community here in the Northwest to try and build some stories. But it's really trying to take my photography to the next level, which is really looking click down if you like to what's the story behind the car Beautiful. Um, and so and so that's where i'm working at the moment so uh maybe i'll come and shoot you and your car mark mark because your car's lovely as well and you've got your own story that needs to be told right well i hope so that would be an honor I, you know i love both these guys as you were talking i was looking them up on the website and i'm going to reach out to both these guys because i see what you're talking about beautiful photography very much in line with your philosophy of connecting people with cars and and this wonderful feel about it. But uh, you'll have to come back when you get your book done. We'll uh, talk to the listeners here about the book and get them connected with it and uh, give you a little more promotion. I think that's fantastic. That's a big undertaking. Books are not easy. I've had many, many authors on the show. This takes a huge amount of work to do it well. 
and to do it right. And I know you're the kind of guy that wants to do that. So I no, look forward to yeah. that in, in your future. Thank you. Here's a very introspective question for you, Carl. If you were a vehicle, what would Carl be and why? Well, you know, you know what I'd like to be versus what I think I really should be. I'd like <laughs> yes. to be a, I'd like to be a short wheelbase Audi Quattro Sport with the flames spitting out the back. As, you know, <laughs> as it, but realistically, I think I'm like a DB6, don't you? Oh, well, I think so. Having met you, I think that's a nice fit. Yeah, yeah, kind of a classy guy. You got that funny accent, you know, that everyone loves to hear. And uh, and I say that with all affection, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, the the great thing for me here is many of my guests I do not get to meet before they call. I kind of say podcasting is like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get. But I did have the joy of spending a little bit of time with Carl at the exotics at Redmond Town Center, getting to know you better. And of course, our mutual friends, Jason Tang and oh, yeah. Nick he and all. Hall. Us, wasn't he? he was, he was. I think he took some great pictures of me too, and of you as well, and, and our cars. Yeah. So uh, I think that was great. But uh, okay, yeah, DB6, that fits. I like it. Very, very nice. I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll go with that. Good call. Well, Carl, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark it Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. All right, Carl, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If you don't crash once a year, you're not driving hard enough. I think there's a quote similar by Mario Andretti, something like that. If you feel like you're in control, you're not going fast enough. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, That's the case. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yeah, stay curious. 
Oh, yes. Wonderful. Love it. Now about a resource. There are wonderful resources. You named the, the two photographers that you were referencing there as great resources for you. But is there another resource you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think I would re-point, you know, re-echo those two, you know, Lollipop and Flat Six Lover Fur. There's probably others out there, but uh, just take photography to another level for different reasons. Yeah. And they're both using old cameras, film cameras, but but I'm also a, a technologist and, and, you know, I shoot leading edge innovation, as you know, with Sony A9, et cetera. But I just yes. love what they do with pretty old cameras. And, you know, and I want to try and recreate my own style with, with a modern day camera that's sort of pushing the boundaries of innovation. Very cool. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Uh, this, is, this is so easy for me. This would be James Hunt. Oh, God. Yeah. Wouldn't that? Yeah. I mean, you'd neck a few beers there, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, just time. a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James yeah. Would, would totally come top of my list, you know. I think I think that would be a fun night. I think it would be a very fun night. It'd be a very long night, too, going to the wee morning hours, no doubt. So, Carl, is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? I'm not a big reader. I'm, I'm pretty visual. You know, I, I read a lot of business books. They're all pretty similar around, around leadership. But one of the older books that, and I always forget the title, but the author was Colin Powell, who talks about the 10 leadership principles that he applied when he was a general. And I think, I think that's a book that stood with me for, and I think it's probably 10, 12 years ago, maybe even longer that he published that book. You know, and that to me was a book that with lessons that you can apply in life and you can apply in business. So uh, probably go there, but I'm not a big reader, actually. I'm, I consume a lot of content off the internet, et cetera, but Sitting and reading a book is uh, is not something I do too often. Yeah, I understand. I think the book you're referring to is titled Leadership Secrets of Colin Powell. Does that sound that's familiar? It. Yeah, yes. that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, great book. He, there's another book he wrote uh, called It Worked For Me as well, uh, In Life of Leadership. And it, it was, references kind of the same kinds of things, but... Uh, Nice reference. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find all these great resources on Carl's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Carl, with a K, K-A-R-L, Noakes, N-O-A-K-E-S, and that page will pop right up. All right, Carl, we're getting to the fun part here. Uh, the, what I call the question is the checkered flag question, and it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Money's no object. Doesn't matter who owns it, where it is. I'm going to get it for you. But here are the rules. You have to drive it. No garage queens. You have to sell all your other collector cars. You can keep your street car, but you can only have one collector car in the garage here at Cars Yeah. But I want you to enjoy this thing. So today, today alone, what's it going to be and why? I mean, when you say collector car, you just mean any any car that you would Any want to cool, fun car. Yeah, just kind of a fun car. It could be vintage. It could be a modern supercar. It uh, could be a, a vintage race car, a modern race. Whatever you like. doesn't matter. I'm buying. I'm going to throw three out there, and then I'm going to say the one that I'd probably plump for. Okay. So I would go 250 GTO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's an not, easy not one. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. It's a bit cliched. I'd probably look at a an Escort Mark three Cosworth. Okay. But actually, if I, if I was really wanted a car now, I would go for the Porsche GT2 RS. Ooh, okay. The, the, the one that's just setting Nürburgring on fire, right? I just think I would go ultra modern, ultra high tech, and, and just give, you know, just enjoy driving that car. So as I said earlier, you know, there's, there's a little bit in me, which is like, you know, trying to push technology and, and be an innovator. 
And so I, I'm sort of more drawn to the latest tech than, uh, than some of the those old, old vintage. Yeah. Oh, Ford GT2 RS. Nice car. Fast car. Yeah. Wow. Well, Carl, you've taken us on a fast ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I'm so glad we ran into each other uh, last weekend. I really enjoyed your stories today. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the racetrack in that Ford GT2 RS? I would say, you know, build your own personal philosophy. You know, be true to what's important to you and maximize every moment that you have. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with your photography and what you're doing? Um, if they want to follow me on, particularly on my car shots, it's uh, Instagram is uh, cars by Englishman in Seattle. If they just want to okay. follow my, my general stream, it's just Englishman in Seattle. Englishman in Seattle. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put links to that on Carl's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. You just uh, cruise over to carsyeah.com, type Carl, K-A-R-L, Noakes, N-O-A-K-E-S, into the search bar. I encourage you to follow what Carl's doing because he's a great example of even though you don't work in the car industry directly, you can get really, really involved and make that a very special part of your life. So we're so glad that you've done that. Carl, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing your experiences with Car Show listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!